You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Come on, give the Lord one more praise, amen. Go ahead and grab your seats uh, this morning, amen, still morning, amen. Get you out of here uh, quickly, amen, to enjoy your, your Sunday with your family on this Easter Sunday, or which we call Resurrection Sunday, amen. Uh, but we're, we're here, we're so glad to... Yeah, you're here. We want to, once again, thank all the visitors. Come on, give the praise for all our visitors. Amen. We got PC Paramount in the house with us. Amen. Visiting us. Amen. So, and we got some friends coming back here. And so we're just glad to see all your faces. Hopefully, if you live here, we don't have to wait another year to see you come back. <laughs> you can come back anytime you like. Amen. So hopefully we can see more of you. Amen. But we're here. We're glad that you're here uh, today. Amen. Baldwin Park too, amen. Praise the Lord. All in the house, amen. It's, ain't it cool that you can go to any city pretty much, amen. And if you're looking for a praise chapel, you can always find home, amen. Everywhere you go, amen. We have people that visit uh, from our churches, amen, our fellowship, from other cities. They come here and they're so thankful to have a, a praise chapel in Las Vegas here. But anywhere you go, we, we, you find praise chapel, amen. And so it's kind of cool. Amen. Uh, it's it's kind of like Starbucks, yeah, amen. You'll find us in every corner, amen, or in the corner, amen, praise the Lord. But we do want to wish everybody a, a happy Easter, amen, or uh, as we would like to say, happy Resurrection Sunday to everyone here in, in the house, amen. Uh, today we have the privilege of celebrating the risen King. Come on, Jesus Christ, amen. The victory over life, life over death, amen, victory over life over death. We know that on Friday as we gathered here on Good Friday, he was crucified, Amen. Jesus died on Friday. Amen. He, he suffered a, a horrible death. Saturday, though, come on, he took back the keys to hell, death, and the grave. Amen. Hallelujah. But on the third day, somebody say third day. Come on, Sunday, he rose from the dead. Amen. Come on, somebody shout, he got up. Hallelujah. I, I'm going to try to contain myself. I'm, I'm, I'm in a suit today. And you know me, I like to jump around so hopefully nothing rips, amen. So, but I'm going I'm to try to just, it's going to rip, huh? If, it gets, if I get anywhere near there, I'm going to take the coat off, amen. But, but, uh, but I, I do want to dress for the king today. You know, we, we are royal people. And every once in a while, I like to, to dress as what we, we should dress, amen, at times, amen. Because we, we're all... We're all servants, and we're all, we're all part of the kingdom, amen. And so uh, today's a special day. So this is for him, not for you guys. This is for my daddy, amen. And so uh, I put a suit on for him, amen. But if I get a little crazy, it, it may just fly off, amen. So, But I, I'm going to try to contain myself, amen, today, amen. Today I want to minister a message entitled The Power. Somebody say The Power. The Power of the Third Day. Babe, you did excellent. Sister Elizabeth, too, amen. You guys did a great, great job, amen. She's mine. <laughs> Praise the Lord, amen. 
I want you to turn to the book of Luke chapter 24. Let's read a story here on the power of the third day. Luke 24, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 8. I'm reading out the New Living Translation, and I have some other translations up on the screen as well, our monitors there. Uh, but it, the Word of God goes like this. It says, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking spices that they had prepared and found that the stone had been rolled away. Somebody say rolled had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they could not find a body or the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes, and the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Somebody say third day. Then they remembered that he has said this. They remembered, they saw, and they believed. Listen, church, every together on the third day. I, I, I want you if, you, if you leave with anything, any type of phrase, I want you to leave with the third day. Somebody say third day. Come on. This is what the third day is all about, amen, because there is power in the third day. On the third day, listen, on the third day, everything became okay. <laughs> on the third day, come on, somebody, everything became okay. If you don't remember that, maybe you'll remember this. Come on. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a storm, and say, hey, bro, on the third day, everything became okay. Because on the third day, it brought victory to us. I may get a little crazy now, guys. So the, the coat might just come out now, amen. But no, but on the third day, amen. Uh, come on, this is why we're here today. On the third day, because he rose, amen. Uh, something happened and everything became okay. Come on, we were all lost and bound. But because of the third day, church, everything became okay. I really want you to let that sink inside of you because if the third day never happened, we wouldn't be here today. Come on, if the third day didn't happen, then everything was a lie. But the third day did come to pass, amen. He did raise from the dead, amen. And came, okay. Come on, somebody. Listen, it's not just about hearing. It's not just knowing about it, but it's about seeing and believing. It's about to come to place. It's about it coming to a place in your life when you start to see all the dots come back or get together or come together in your life. See, after you're living your life in your own strength, living on your own wisdom, and coming to a place where you say, I see and I believe. Come on, we got any believers in the house today? Remember, he did come for the blind. That's you and me, God, that we will see. And even though I may not understand it all, but I get it. Come on, you may not understand it all, but you get it. See, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He was condemned, amen, so that you would not be condemned, amen. He was rose from the dead on the third day. 
Everyone needs a third day revelation in their lives. We need to continue to see and believe the third day experience. See, if you experience the third day, you'll be what? Okay. If we can experience that, church, if you can experience that, everything will be okay in our lives. See, who's the third day for? Come on. Let's look at three areas in people's lives today. Amen? The power of the third day is for anyone with doubts. Anybody here with doubts? Come on. Listen, because seeing and believing Christ doesn't mean that all your questions and then all your doubts go away. Come on. Even John and Peter, come on, discover the empty tomb and they still had doubts. Come on, verse 4 of our scripture that we read, they say that they stood there puzzled. They stood there at the empty tomb scratching their heads. Come on now. They didn't understand what was going on. Puzzled means perplexed, confused, baffled, dumbfounded, caught off balance, mystified. Come on, this is how they walked into that tomb. They, they didn't understand. They went in there and they're scratching their heads saying, what's going on here? Listen, church, there's going to be times in your life as believers when you're going to question things. Come on, somebody. See, some of you guys are looking at me all pretty dumbfounded right now. No, I'm just, I'm playing. I'm just playing. Well, some of you. Come on, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've been puzzled in my life. I've been mystified, amen. I, I, I was wondering, God, why am I going through this storm? God, why is this hitting my life? Why am I, why am I going through this battle right here? I've been serving you. I, I've been doing what you told me to do, and yet these things are going in my life. I really don't understand what you're doing. Come on, anybody been there? There are going to be times, church, that when doubt hits you in your walk with Christ, in John chapter 20, verse 8 and 9 says this, Then the disciples who reached the tomb first went in and saw and believed. From until then, they still hadn't understood the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. See, they were still a little confused about the whole thing, church. They were perplexed over the reality of physical resurrection. They didn't understand the theology that the resurrection, listen church, is hinged to everything that we believe in. If the resurrection doesn't happen, church, our faith is nothing. Are you understanding me? So everything is hinged on this resurrection that they did not understand. You see, the third day wasn't just for the scholars. The third day is one for those that have the full understanding of the scriptures. Or, or for those who are, uh, but it's for those who are trying to still make sense of the whole thing, amen. Uh, for those who are still struggling, uh, uh, putting the pieces together. Uh, for those who are trying to connect all the dots still, amen. That's who the resurrection's for. See, we're reminded as we read here in John 20, 19 through 20, it says this. That Sunday evening the disciples were behind locked, closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them their, the wounds in his hands and on his side. And they were filled with joy that they saw the Lord. 
Come on, it was that evening when Jesus rose from the dead that very morning. He shows up. They were all in the room, amen. They were all scared. They all had still questions in their minds. There was some doubts floating inside the room. And I'm here to let you know that you have doubts, Jesus will show up and bring you peace. He'll always bring peace to us, church. But notice that Jesus didn't tell them, where were you guys? Notice that he didn't say, weren't you listening to what I was saying when I was with you? How can you doubt what I said? You know, he didn't come and he didn't rebuke the disciples here. He didn't say any of that. And what does he do? Shows him the wounds in his hands. Shows the side where he was pierced. Saying, I know that some of you guys here are not quite understanding the whole thing. Uh, some of you here even have some doubts. I, I know that some of you are a little scared. But I want you to see that I'm alive and I'm well. Come on. I'm alive and well. So this is, that's where he starts from. You know what? Remember? Look. I'm risen. I'm okay. I told you this was going to happen. But one of them wasn't there. Thomas is missing. In John chapter 20, 24 to 25 says this. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not there with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we've seen the Lord. I mean, they're excited. Come on, here they are. Jesus appears, amen, uh, shows them the wounds in his hands, the piercing uh, on the side of his body, amen. He says, man, we've seen him. Uh, he showed up. Uh, he was just here. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hand. Unless I put my finger, not even see it, but I got to put my finger in it. Not even see it. I, 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 this can be camera tricks, you know. Until I even says, until I put my hand in the wound of his side. That's why they nicknamed him Doubting Thomas. Maybe you're here like Thomas here today. Maybe you need a little bit more evidence. Maybe you have some questions. Or maybe you doubted before. And I'm here to let you know that's okay. It's all right if you have questions. It's all right if you still doubt, church. It's all right if you want a little bit more evidence. Listen, Jesus is not threatened by the doubting Thomases of the world, amen, or the Thomases of the church, amen, because God knows that if you search an honest investigation, if you really search the scriptures of Christianity, you really search the truth out, the truth will always win out, church, amen. If you really want to know about God, if you search it, you'll find him. John chapter 20, verse 26 says this. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. This time, guess who's there? Thomas is there with them. The door is locked, the scripture says. But suddenly, as before, Jesus standing among them. Peace be with you, he says. When Thomas doubted church, he needed some kind of physical proof. Jesus didn't come in saying, hey, doubter, check it out. 
Come on. He didn't come in telling Thomas, how come you didn't believe when the others told you? No, he doesn't say any of that. But he says what? Peace be with you. See, Jesus didn't say from now on they're going to be calling you Doubting Thomas. You know what? They're going to teach about you on Sunday school, amen, and make, the kids are going to make fun of you. They didn't say, you know what, you're going to be using sermons to give an illustration of faithless and doubt. But Jesus never says that to him. The church says that. How many know that we make up names for each other? Come on. Well... Oh, there's another doubting Thomas over there. Come on. There's a lazy Susan over there. <laughs> Come on, he, he doesn't say none of that. You know where the doubting Thomas came? It came from the church. Jesus doesn't do none of that. Jesus doesn't bash him. Jesus doesn't make fun of him. He says, you know what? Peace be with you, Thomas. Look what he says to him in verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas, go ahead. Put your finger right here. Look at my hands. Come on, go ahead, Thomas. Put your hand in my womb on the side. Notice that he didn't say that to the other, people, the other disciples. Jesus said, look, but he already knew that he says, until I put my finger, I'll believe. So that's the first thing he came. He goes, check it out, Thomas. Boom. Boom. There you go. How about, how about this one? You okay now? <laughs> Hello. Come on, that's what he says. He doesn't say that. You know what? I told you no. He says, don't be faithless any longer. Believe, amen. As soon as he said that, he says, my Lord, my God, it's you. It's okay if you need some evidence, church. It's okay if you're doubting a little bit. But when he shows you who he is, Lord, Savior, he's the risen king, amen. Just believe. When you find the truth, just believe. When we the truth, we still got another truth. Like Jesus isn't really the way. But the Bible says he is the way, he is the truth, he is, there is no other way. I found you believe. People of other age, why do I need that? I found the truth. Over supersede this. Found the truth I, of, of that. God changed my life. I stand here as a delivered, set free, sinful man. By his grace. You can't tell me he doesn't exist because he lives in me. He lives in you. Come on. See, Jesus knew that his examination would lead to the truth. I invite you today to examine the gospel. Because once you know, it will lead you always to the truth. That Jesus is the one true Savior. Come on, that Jesus died on the cross and for your sins. That Jesus on the third day rose from the dead and lives forevermore, church. And because he lives, we live. Come on. Jesus knows that as if you seek, you'll find. 
Come on, Jesus knows if you knock, the door is going to be open to you. Come on, it will lead you to the same conclusion of Thomas. My Lord, my God, it's you. It's always been about you. I believe. I saw. I believe. Amen. You know, now that you've seen, he tells you, simply believe. Just believe. If you just simply believe, you'll be okay. Each time. See, it's when you start to doubt. That's when confusion comes. It's when you start to doubt. That's when you get questions and you get all messed, all messed up, amen, mystified on the whole thing. Become dumbfounded. But once you believe, church, it's over. It's all you got to do is keep believing. Somebody say, I believe. So the third day is for those with doubts, fears, and questions. The power of the third day is also for anyone experiencing pain or heartache. Anybody gone through that? Pain or heartache, amen. If we go back to John 20, verse 11, Mary was standing at the empty tomb and, says, and it says that she was weeping, she was crying, saying, well, where did where'd you take him? She didn't understand. She didn't know what was going on. She was mystified and dumbfounded. She was puzzled, perplexed, amen. And they went in there and she's crying and weeping. Where did you take my Lord? And when Jesus met Mary the first time, church, you got to understand, she had seven demons in her. Her life was filled with heartache, pain, and bondage, amen. She was controlled by demonic spirits. You read the story. This was Mary before. And Jesus comes and heals her, casts out these demons out of her, gives her life, gives her a new life, sets her free, amen. And then she falls in love with Jesus. She saw and she believed. In John chapter 20, verse 11, the 13 says this. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped in and she saw two white robed angels. One sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked her. Because you have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where you have put him. See, as far as she can tell, Jesus died. She saw him on the cross. She's seen him give the last breath. And so she's thinking, man, uh, come on, Jesus is dead and someone stole the body. She was so heartbroken, thinking, what's going to happen to me now? But in the midst of that heartache, in the midst of that pain, she's introduced to the resurrection, resurrected Savior. In John 20, verse 14 and 15, as the story continues, it says this. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? And she thought he was the gardener. He thought it was Pedro, Arturo, or Delfino. She was so confused. She thought, man, you know, you know, she thought it's the gardener out there, and she didn't even recognize him. And he says to him, sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you put him, and I'll go and I'll get him. Mary, Jesus said. And she turned to him and cried out, Ramboni, which is in the Hebrew, 
teacher. She recognized him once he said her name. Aren't you glad when he called your name? There's still weep to he's tearing him, but she didn't make Oh, that's my Lord. As soon as he recognized him, this passage of scripture reminds us that, that although pain and heartache is part of life and inescapable, I'm here to let you know it doesn't last forever. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy, come on somebody, joy comes in the morning. Your joy has come this Sunday morning, church. I'm here to tell you, yeah, you may be weeping, you may be going through a trial, you may be going through a storm, but it doesn't last forever, church. Come on. We all go through battles, we all go through storms in life, church, but with Christ it does not last forever. As the scripture says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning, church. Your joy has come. I said, your joy has come, amen. You got to understand, you got to see, those who see and believe will still, even as us as believers, we're still going to experience loss. We're still going to experience sickness. We're going to still experience death, church. None of that goes away. Come on, and since you got saved, uh, has anyone still died? Have you experienced sickness, pain, loss? Come on, it's still, we can't escape that, church. The power of the third day is that at the end of the pain, at the end of the heartache, at the end of the disappointment, discouragement, the resurrection comes, church. Come on, that in the midst of darkness, the light of Jesus shows up, calls you by your name, and penetrates a light of hope inside your situation, church. you got to believe that, amen, that at the end of your trial, God always shows up and penetrates. That light of hope inside our situation. That's how good he is. Yes, we're going to go through the pain. Yes, we're going to go through the trial. But he comes by and says, calls you by your name. Come on, when Peter was sinking, Peter, Peter, why do you doubt? Picks him up. You have a little faith. Restores him. Come on, even when you doubt, he calls you by your name. He calls you, Miha, Miho. I'm here. And you hear him. And you recognize, man, it's you. You've always been there for me. He knows your name. He knows you personally. Can somebody say amen? That's why you, when, you, when you're going through things, you, you can feel him touch you. You can feel him embrace you because he knows exactly what you need, church. That's who the, th the third day came for. The last one real quickly. The power of the third day is for anyone who needs forgiveness and restoration. Come on. See, Peter at this time, you got, as we go back to Peter now. He needed forgiveness. He needed some restoration, amen. You remember that Peter denied Christ not once, but three times. His denial was before Jesus died on the cross. See, Peter never got the chance to say, I'm sorry, Lord. 
Peter not, never got the chance to say, Lord, can you forgive me for denying you? Peter had to live with that in his memory. That the very last words spoken about Jesus was those of denial. But you got to understand, Peter did love the Lord. He really loved Jesus. And I'm pretty sure that many people have felt just like Peter. Said some harmful words to your parents or a spouse or a friend that was painful. And then that person dies unexpectedly. And the last words were not of love, but hateful words or harmful words. This was Peter. This was what, what Peter was dealing with. And maybe that's why he rushed to the tomb when he heard that the body was gone. Thinking his resurrection would give him another shot. Another chance to say, I'm sorry, Lord. But a few days later, Peter would get his chance. As we know, amen, Jesus goes out to go find who? Peter. He went out. He's the one that went looking for him. He went bitterly. He wept. The Bible says after the third denial, amen, he remembered the words. that He saw Jesus' face and remembers that he was going to deny him when the rooster crowed, amen. And here it is. It happens, amen. It said it hit him before he even finished the last time. He says, I don't even know in the rooster crows, amen. And he realized what he'd done. And the Bible says he went away weeping bitterly. This is, how Jesus, this is how Peter is right now. He's broken. He says, man, I messed up. You ever messed up? Come on, I messed up here. I, I said I'll never deny you, yet I did. I said I'll never do that, but yet we did. Can I let you in on something? We all have done it. <laughs> we still, still deal with this flesh, church. That's why even Paul says the things I should be doing, I don't do. But the things I shouldn't be doing, I end up doing. <laughs> the great apostle Paul had his struggles because we all deal with this thing called the flesh. Let me know, the flesh. Oh, well. <laughs> Man, let me know the flesh gets tempted at times. But here he recognizes that, man, my flesh failed. I denied. He said I would do, and I told him, I would never do that. You, I rebuke you. He rebuked Jesus. I'll never do that. I know that in his heart, he probably thought he would never do that. But it's when, we, when we're met with a challenge, church. It's when the truth comes out. That's why... We gotta understand that we gotta live for God. To die is gain. Live for Christ and die is gain. We gotta understand we're in a day where you're gonna have to. Are you really a Christian? What would you say that day when there's a gun pointed at you, or they're gonna execute you for what your faith believes in? Are you still gonna say? To live for Christ and to die is gain. You're going to hang in there and not doubt. You're going to hang in there and say, I'm, I'm in it. 
This is it. This is what I've been doing. I'm not going to give up, man. I'll die for this. Will you? We have to die for our faith, church. Peter, here is Stan. Can I get another chance at this? I messed up. God, I need, I need another chance. And, and Jesus goes out and finds Peter. Luke 15 says that he leaves the 919 to go find the, the one. John 21, 1 to 3 says this. Later Jesus appeared again to the disciples besides the Sea of Galilee. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Well, well, we'll come too, they said. So they all got in the boat, but they caught nothing that night. See, Jesus goes out and finds Peter fishing. It's the same when he first met Peter. Come on, he goes looking for you. He knows where you're going to go. He knows if you're going back to the neighborhood, he's looking for you. But notice that Jesus didn't say anything. Where were you, Peter? He hit you the most. Peter would be the one who had me in the back. Possibly deny me. Here he comes and says, you know, I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to reinstate you. He loves on Peter and he forgives Peter. He's basically telling Peter at this time and moment, in spite of you turning your back on me, did not have a purpose and I still have. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on, you don't have to go feeling like you're a failure anymore, amen. I forgive you. I restore you, Peter, amen. You're going to be a key figure, amen, in birthing of the New Testament church, amen. I'm going to use you, Peter. I mean, wow. Even when I backslid, amen, those 10 years, amen, he still says, I got a purpose for you. I'm still going to use you, son. See, he doesn't throw, why did you leave me? Why did you let go? No, he says, man, uh, he embraces you, he loves you, uh, he forgives you, uh, and says, you know what? Your plans are not over, amen. Uh, your, your destiny is not over with me. I'm still going to use you. Uh, I have a plan and purpose. Uh, I will use you to fulfill the, the things in my kingdom. Maybe you kind of turned your back on Jesus here. Well, I'm here to let you know he's not pointing a finger at you. He's not throwing failure at your face. He's not saying, how could you do that after I've done so much in your life? But if you're here today and you've drifted away from Christ, amen, he's saying the same thing that he said to Peter, I forgive you. I believe in you. Come on, I have not given up on you. I'm going to use you, amen. I have a plan. I have a destiny. I have a purpose in your life, amen. It's not over. It's not over for you. I will still use you. All you got to do is simply turn back to him. You simply say, God, forgive me. Messed up. I, I, I fall short. I'm a sinner, God, and I need a Savior. God, I, I feel wrong for what I did. I feel bad for what I did. And God, can you forgive me and come into my life and be the Lord and Savior of my life once again? See, those are just simply the words that you've got to say to Christ. Invite him to come back into your life. And he'll continue the process that he started in your life. He'll put you back on that road of destiny.
that road back of purpose and plans. Church, we all fail. I, I've failed. But I thank God that he's always put me back on the road and hit me in the back of the butt and, and I keep on going. Amen. <laughs> he really loves me. <laughs> but he does that. We go off track, we do things, even religiously we can get off track, amen, and thinking we're doing God's things or helping God out. He says, I didn't call you to do that. I called you to love people. Just, just, just love people. Just keep, keep walking the way I told you to walk. If I got a new idea, God, no, 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 just, just keep walking in the way I told you to walk. Keep doing what I told you to do. See, what God told me when we came out here, just love people. You can't go wrong with love, church. <laughs> That's what he's all about. <laughs> Share my love. Show my love. Love people. Love Christ. Love, love. Just keep loving. Keep staying on course, on the road of love. And don't worry, others will come. And I thank God that he's always put me up back on that path, amen. Each time I got off with some idea or whatever it is, he's, he always, he lets me go for a little bit. I'm like that kid with a little string on it. Man, the things they have for kids today that you don't lose them, amen. <laughs> Pull the string, ah, here they come. Where's your kid at? Right here. <laughs> He's all, he always knows where you're at. The only thing that separates us from him is what? Sin. Once sin comes into our life and once we decide just to live that, he cuts the string off. He says, okay, you can do whatever you want. Sin separates us. Thank God for God's people that keep us prayer, that keep us contained where he can still get us. Amen. Though God let go of me, it was prayers that kept me within the circle of me coming back. But it's still a decision, church. I had to come to a place in my life again to say, God, I want you. Forgive me. I messed up again. I don't know why I left you the first place, the first time. I, I don't know what it is. And I can't, I'm going to look back and I can think of a hundred things or whatever amount of things why I let go of the ten years of, of that where I wasted my life. Thinking, man, I went in back and said, man, I don't know if I have any plans anymore. I don't know if God's going to still use me anymore. And I didn't really care. I just wanted to get saved. At that time, I said, God, I just, whatever you want, I'll, I'll clean toilets for the rest of your, whatever my salvation. I, I, God, I just want to get in your kingdom. But he forgives me. He says, I forgive you. And I love you. You're going to be one of my five top guys. <laughs> At least in my mind, that's what I hear. Amen. You can hear that too if you like. But let me tell you, those words kept me there. I, I can't mess up. I'm top five guy. No. But I, I love the Lord. He forgave me. He says, I'm still going to use you, Sam. I'm going to still do something in your life. And he does it for all of us. And sometimes we may think we failed. We messed up or we did something. Man, oh, that's, that's gone. That dream, that desire I had is, is gone. That's a lie from the devil. God can still use you. 
God loves you. God loves you. Just step into his will, church, and he'll take care of the rest. Don't, don't figure out what you're going to do. It'll fall. It'll, God just unfolds it. You step into his plan and the blueprint just starts to fold out and gives you directions and guidelines where to go and where to walk. Maybe you were doing something for the Lord at one time and you got off the map a little bit. He's, he's, he's there saying, the map hasn't gone, son. The map's still here, daughter. Just get back on the map and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Get back into destiny. Get back into the, the purpose and desire. God has so much good things for us, church. Just like Peter. Peter thought it was over for him. Man, how can I do this? I love him. He loved him, church. Loved him. But didn't recognize the flesh. Didn't recognize the cost of what it takes to fall, be a disciple. He was still being discipled. He was still learning. Just like all of us, we have said things wrong and we messed up. We, we're being discipled. We're just learning. We keep going. We keep going forward. And Peter comes back and, and Jesus finds him and calls him over. Doesn't recognize him at all either until he says, Peter, it's the Lord. Gets off the boat, starts running towards him. See, he'll call you. And you know his voice because he, he says, my sheep know my voice. He'll call you and says, like, come, sit down. Come on. Sit down. Let's, 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 let's eat a little bit. Let's break some bread right here. Let's, let's talk. I miss you. I miss you. I miss this moment. Don't worry about plans. Don't, don't worry about sorry. Don't, don't. Forget all that. Just sit with me. Just sit here. Come on. Come on. Let's just, let's, let's just break some bread here. Let's just, let's just have a moment here. Just like the prodigal son that goes home. He wants to, he practices his speech. He wants to, he tells his father, I'm going to say this to him. Father, I have sinned against you. Again, God, you know, let me come back. No, what does the father do? Forget all that. The party's coming. Come on, put a robe on him. Put a ring on him. Put sandals on him. Come on, bring out the, the, the fattest cow and let's cut it up and let's have some garden salad. Let's have a party. I forgive you. The moment I saw you, I forgive you. The moment you started walking towards me, I already forgave you. I already forgave you, amen. Soon as I, I already know your thoughts. I already know why you're here. It's like because I forgive you. I forgive you. He embraces you. He doesn't point fingers. He doesn't say, I told you so. He doesn't say anything. He says, I forgive you and I love you. And that's what he does to Peter. He reinstates him. It becomes this great movement of the New Testament church, amen. Come on, we know all what happened. Amen. Goes to that upper room, gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Preaches the, man, I, I'm still looking for that sermon online. I haven't seen it. Amen. About the sermon that he preached that day, man, on the day of Pentecost. What a powerful sermon that would have been. 3,000 people saved. Preaches. You guys are cold? I'm hot. <laughs> it's okay. That's the power of the third day. That's the power of the third day, church. Today could be your third day. Today could be your start. Come on, it could be a start of a new life. Or maybe you did something. Some kind of good stuff. Maybe you still do speak. 
some of you guys, you have some, some, some doubt and some unforgiveness in your life.